Welcome to The Intersection, a podcast of Discovery Church. My name is Martin Spolstra, and I'll be your host. I'm excited to interview people about their faith journey, and I'm excited for this interview today with Clarence Kiesman, the Executive Director of The Refuge. What I'm really excited about is drilling down deep or having to look back at those moments where God shows up or when God uh, when we allow God into those spaces. I'm really interested in what I call the intersection where faith and life meet, merge, and sometimes collide. Thanks, Clarence, for being here with us for the podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Discovery Church is uh, a local church, meets weekly online through Facebook. We uh, live stream on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can find us on YouTube as well as a Sunday service podcast on Spotify, Google, or your podcast. local provider. We've also just released a new course on our website called My Faith Journey. And you can join me on this online guided process for spiritual mentoring. And uh, face-to-face would be ideal, but in this day and age, we are uh, having to modify and adapt our approach. And we found that online mentoring is actually very, very helpful for people. This is a guided online process where you can grow in your faith and you can learn some healthy spiritual practices and maybe even become a confident follower of Jesus and and perhaps even mentor someone else. This is for people who don't have a spiritual mentor or whose schedules or location make it difficult to get together or just because of COVID. So go to discoverychurch.ca, our website, and you can find it listed on one of the tabs or you can just type into your browser courses.discoverychurch.ca. Well, I'd like to get into our interview today with Clarence. Clarence is the Executive Director of The Refuge. Uh, Welcome, Clarence. Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about The Refuge. Yeah, sure. Um, You know, I live in the area. live in Orono, actually. Uh, didn't always live there. Uh, grew up in, uh, in Mississauga, moved to Brampton, um, you know, Aurelia, all over the place. I guess that's not really all over the place. Other people have better journeys than I do. But hey, um, went to Redeemer College, um, studied business, uh, took a minor in sociology because uh, like many, there's a pretty girl in sociology and, you know, it kind of... Fell uh, interested in the topic, but also the uh, the woman, and uh, she's now my wife. Uh, so congratulations! Happy, happily married now for twenty five years. That was a great class you took. That was a great <laughs> class. I don't remember the content. No. <laughs> um, have four kids. Two have moved away. Uh, my oldest daughter. Um, you know, I was actually teaching uh, English in a, um, a reserve school up in northern Quebec. So we're we're quite proud of her for doing that. Um, and then two kids remain at the house. So nice, nice. So now I've known you for quite a few years. You started here at the refuge when? Uh, it was June first, two thousand five. Wow! So, so it makes it sixteen years now. And I've been in Bowmanville seventeen years, um, and our cro- paths have crossed a few times uh, with a few different things. Our churches. Mm-hmm stepped into supporting the refuge on occasion over those years we've had a, a staff you've mm-hmm. had a staff person from our church work here mm-hmm. and just recently we uh, began a fundraising campaign for something that's very exciting yeah. uh, that's in your world this past year and still uh, into the future I exciting imagine. and nerve-wracking all in the same time right yes so when i was here uh, delivering that check a couple of weeks ago we brought a couple of elders along and you brought us to have a look at this new space which mm-hmm. is a couple of blocks away from here mm-hmm. and you shared with me that the journey getting to the first bid for this building the space in between and the journey since has really been uh, quite a 
uh, well, maybe I could say dramatic one, uh, mm -hmm. to be sure. I'd love to hear the story of what's been happening in this new vision process for you guys and how it led up to where you are now with this new building. Yeah, you know, uh, listening to your introduction and talking about um, the intersection where faith and life uh, collide uh, beautifully and sometimes difficultly. Um, yeah, this this is very fitting to that. Mm. Um, and it's a, it's a story that's ongoing, right? Um, I don't know what the end will be. Um, and that's where you just have to lean on God um, and say, your will, not mine, um, wherever direction, I think I can say I'm okay with that now. Right. Yeah. yeah so, but getting to that place is, is, is a difficult one. Um, okay. So let's start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's a very good place to start. <laughs> I think I heard that somewhere. 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 Right, don't sue me. Uh, <laughs> no copyright. Um, so for years and years and years, I mean, we, we were at the refuge we work with, you know, homeless, vulnerable, at risk, struggling youth. Um, and, uh, and over the years, we have seen the the rental market uh, just you know go higher and higher mm -hmm. and higher, and our youth can't afford current market rent. Um, you know, on an OW check, they get seven hundred and forty-one dollars a month, and you can't even you can't afford in today's market uh, even a bachelor apartment, uh, a room for rent. Uh, you know, is, is in that $700, $800 range. And, and it makes it very difficult. And, and this is a matter for, for me and for all of us here at the refuge, a matter of justice, right? I mean, Jesus came to redeem us, but he also came to redeem our society. Yes. Um, and, and providing that justice element is something that's very important to us. So for years now, we've always been pursuing and trying to pursue um, some sort of facility where we can engage in affordable housing as well. Because, and I said to the staff, if all we're doing is changing locations, I, I'm not interested, mm -hmm. right? That's just a lot of work for something new, right? Sounds like an election that happened recently, <laughs> right? <laughs> Same thing. But if we're doing something different, if we're going to um, engage in affordable housing and give the youth a chance to, to settle, to work on goals and move forward in life, um, that's what we want to do. And so for years now, we have been looking at buildings. There's a building up the road here that was for sale, never panned out. We looked at other buildings and, and there was never an opportunity to do anything. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, early on um, when everything started shutting down, uh, March, April of 2020. Um, there's this, the Holy Cross building has been vacant for, for many years. It's a school building, large facility. Um, so I started asking questions, yeah, who owns it, right? Who are the owners? We found out it was the uh, the Muslim Association of Canada. Um, so, it's, you know, I thought, you know what, we're going to wait. Now is not the time to approach someone in, the, you know, the beginning of a pandemic in the world who knows what's going on, April 2020. Yeah. And my wife said, well, might, now might be the perfect time, right? Yeah, you know, they might be eager to do something yeah. with the building. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I approached them. Mm -hmm. um, and communication was very slow, delayed, um, couldn't get in to see the building. It'd be months at a time before they would respond to my emails back and forth. And uh, it was very frustrating. Yeah. Um, then we get uh, in September, late September, uh, announcement from the federal government that they're launching a rapid housing initiative program, $1 billion worth of investment toward affordable housing units. Wow. Yeah. So this is Canada-wide? Canada-wide, okay. right? Um, so that got me excited. It's like, okay, now we have a funding program. I pursued a building 
We have a date to go into the building uh, on, on Thanksgiving weekend last year. Um, maybe this is all part of a plan, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I know. Seems like exciting. the doors are opening. Doors are opening, right? So we go through the building. Um, oh, and, and one little tidbit, right? Um, one of the people that we value in terms of, of construction, building, all that kind of, kind of stuff, John Fair, I don't, mm-hmm. well known in the CRC community. Um, I know he did some work on your church as well. Uh, yeah. No, not yours. It was uh, Hope Fellowship. Hope, yeah. Hope Fellowship, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I really wanted him to be part of the, you know, walking through the building because uh, that's not my my expertise at all. But I couldn't find his phone number. <laughs> um, I thought, oh, let's check our database, right, to see. I'll just drive to his house and ask him. Couldn't uh, The only phone or listing we had for him was the business address. Mm-hmm called the business left a message no response and we're one day before i'm like oh yeah i should pray right oh yeah yeah that's a good idea (laughs) god if you want this i i I would love john to be there um you know could you just send him in yeah right didn't quite happen that way uh but the next day we get a call from um uh someone at at uh hebron crc so i left a message there seeing if if they had his number that they could share like oh this is it right Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with that message right had everything to do with an offering or this or that right (laughs) and i said oh by the way you have john ferris phone number like oh yeah right here right and got it and he was able to come you know just one of those little things like oh okay right yeah it's it's all falling into place well not falling into place but one of those things you tuck you know sure yeah in, in your mind and, and you keep it. So we went through the building, continued negotiations back and forth, looking at the grant application, which had to be in for December 31st. And we're trying to negotiate a price, right? Low ball at first, uh, we're, we have the help of Roger Bauma, who's engaged in the process now. And then they wouldn't talk to us for two weeks. I guess we offended them, oh. right? So get involved, price goes up. Um, and up and up and and on the 18th of December we decide on a price now there's a story behind the price many years ago when we were looking for a building um, one of our staff members Alex she was on sabbatical and she was driving up to Tomogamy and this number pops into her head now Alex is a great social worker good with people numbers not her thing not her thing yeah and yet she remembered this number two three seven four oh eight nine and to this day you could ask her what that number is and she will give it to you but didn't know what it meant Hmm. so when she came back from sabbatical we're looking at this building up the road from the refuge um you know four years ago she says does this number make sense like nope (laughs) looks like a phone number yeah nope not a phone number Uh, one of our staff members says, uh, maybe it's a limited corporation, right? Numbered corporation, right? So do a search on the Ontario government website and there is a corporation with this number and the date of incorporation matches her birth date. Wow. It's like, yeah, I know. Not the year, but just the month and the day, right? right. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, is this part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I write them a letter, explain what's going on. Never heard anything back, mm-hmm. right? Okay, whatever. Tuck that in. She was also at Kingdom Bound that year and flipping through the library, looking at a book, and this page jumps out of her. It just has a tree, and all it says is, buy the building. Hmm. Hmm, right? Looking at this building, buy the building, never panned out. 
So when we're negotiating, negotiating with the Muslim Association, reach a point of $2 million, right? And they're, they're not quite ready to accept that. And I explained this crazy story to Roger. Right. <laughs> Roger's, He's like, oh, just hang on here. Right? Rod, Roger's your realtor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, man of faith, but... <laughs> so we get to a point um, early or mid-December where I'm like, Roger, I think we need to, uh, to offer $2,374,089. <laughs> right? There's the number. There's the number. Buy the building. We're now in a situation. Government funding, right? Blah, blah, blah. And they accepted it. Wow. Yeah. That's, wow. That's the number we bought the building for. That's incredible. Well, yeah. That's see, like all these little pieces, right? And it's yeah. like a celebration, this and that, right? Now I got to get all the paperwork ready for the application, December 31st. And and this is like, I'm, I am confident this is what God has planned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So just before we kind of move into that next section, a couple of things just rolled through my head. One is about Alex's uh, listening to the spirit. Hmm. Right. Yes. And that discipline, um, she's I, I know Alex and, you know, she's not 70 years old and had a lifetime of experience of listening to God. She's a young woman of faith and mm-hmm. of discipline. Um, but having that skill of listening to the voice of God and paying attention to those moments. Wow. That has really been an incredible, yeah. uh, wonderful insight into God's work. And, and I would say a, a, a gift of courage though, sure, as yeah. well, right? Because sometimes you get these little thoughts in your mind or these little God, stories, right? And it's like, I'm not going to tell anybody because right. they're going to sign me up for some psychiatric service. Um, <laughs> right. But for her to have that courage to, to that in that moment, as we were talking about building to share this and, and not even knowing yeah. Right. We have another number here, one three seven seven eight. Another staff member. I don't know what it means. It's right up there. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I looking have, at Clarence's desk, and there he's got a little sticky note on the yeah, top of his desk I have with no that idea, number on it. But I'll, I'll still record it because it was given to her in a dream. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what that is. Right. So you put this offer in to the Muslim Association. Yep, they accept they it. They accept. Uh, we go through environmental processes. Get uh, you know the the site assessments all done. We're working toward the. Uh, the building uh, in terms of engineering drawings, all that kind of stuff. Everything's progressing, right? And keeping the Canadian uh, housing, uh, CMHC, Canadian Mortgage Housing Corporation, abreast of of the zoning. We've got our zoning application in, um, you know, to get, because the property um, is community institutional uh, and zoned for an R2 language of of the city that all I'm I'm learning very well now (laughs) Uh, but to do a multi-level unit you have to have an R6 designation so we need to go to the city and ask them for permission they got to see the plans and approve it and it's got through committees and yeah it's a bit of a headache but uh, a lot of process right so um so we get all these pieces going um confident absolutely confident that God is going to give us this grant for rapid housing um, that we can move forward and this will be like this testament, right? I'm even so confident that I have the celebration snack for the, the, the staff prepared, right? In my mind, I know what I'm going to do. We're going to lay this out. And I'm going to tell them, right, how good God is, mm-hmm. right? So on the 18th of March, I find out we were denied. Denied the application from the government. Yes. Wow. Right. We went through the region. The region phoned me uh, and talked to me and uh, and said they didn't fund anything in the Durham region. Wow. Right. And my world just crashed. 
down. And I'm going to try not to cry, but I probably will because it's still, I don't know, it's, it's still an emotional thing. But I shed many tears over that. And that was, um, that was a Friday. I think it was a Friday. I might have my dates wrong, but I think it was a Friday because I spent a weekend just wondering, like, is, is God good right. anymore? Yeah. Right? Because I was following what I thought he was going to tell me and, and do. Um, and then we're let down. It's like, is he good? Can I trust him anymore? I don't know. Right. And I spent, I don't know if it was a weekend. I don't know if it was just a day. I can't remember that detail. Um, but just in anguish, yeah. just in tears. No, it was a weekend because I remember going to, uh, to church that weekend, um, and just shedding tears, right. You know, listening to songs, but not able to sing them. Yeah. Um, because it was too raw. It was too raw. And I imagine you ask yourself a bunch of questions in those moments, right? In that, in that wrestling time, questions to God, questions about, you know, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, am, am I letting people down? Yeah. Um, how do I? How did I miss this? Yeah. Do I really understand what the voice of God sounds like, right? And so you start evaluating your your faith, mm -hmm. right, and, and questioning it. It was a Thursday because I remember the next morning. Um, the next morning was a Friday morning. And I woke up early that morning. Um, and, you know, like most, most people, you got the, the version Bible app, right? And yeah. You do some devotionals or, or whatever. Um, and I looked at the verse of the day, I think, that day. It was Isaiah 55. And I'm going to find it here. I don't know. Oh, New Living Translation. This is what I wrote or read that morning. Um, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Remember, verse of the day, right? <laughs> says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I wept. Yeah. What do you think God was saying to you? In well, that? in that moment, I realized that I had determined how God was going to act. Okay. Right? I saw all these things. I lined them up. I said, God is going to act this way, and that puts me in the position of God. Yeah. Right? I am determining what is going to happen instead of letting God. And that we as staff like talked about it earlier and said, if God doesn't want it to happen, that's okay. We're just going to continue on here. Clearly, I was not okay with that. You're putting right? on a brave face. Well, I, I, I believed it yeah. at the time. But when, when you hit that intersection, mm -hmm. um, no, I did not believe that. I was not okay with that. This was what was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And it didn't. And it took me several days. It took me several days of, of coming to that conclusion that, okay, I'm okay with this. I'm going to let God be God. Yeah. And not let me do what is required. So how did you move forward? <sighs> Listening. Yeah. Um, you know, again, God is faithful. Mm -hmm. Um just because our earth is shattered in one moment, for whatever reason, whether it be personal, business, whatever, um, doesn't negate everything in the past, right? Now I've got stories of, of God's faithfulness here at the refuge or in my own personal life of just little small things like losing keys and, and how doors open when they shouldn't have opened with a key, right? Um, yeah, just yeah. at the right time. So I have all these little stories tucked in right? Like the Israelites used to have all the stories of, of God's faithfulness and then something bad happens, right? They, 
you know, they're getting attacked by whichever nation, right? And they freak <laughs> out and like, where is God? And, yeah, right. You know, that's my moment, right? Mm-hmm. I understand looking back at, at history of all the things that have happened up until this point, um, all the stories of old, right? Um, all the stories in the Bible where God is good. Yeah. And our understanding is limited. It's us who needs to to change and yeah. let him be sovereign. Um, it was just a, a quiet times, moments of reflecting, uh, moments of grief, right? It, it's okay to grieve. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I often said that, you know, you look at David who, who's you know, so angry at God. It's like, where are you? Right. <laughs> and then in the end, he's like, but you are still God. Yeah. Right. Yeah, That's there's this resignation, not resignation, but this confidence that God is still God in the midst of all of the trials yeah. and troubles. But the uh, heart doesn't always follow Martin, right? right? It takes yeah. some time for the heart to follow as well. Well, I, I hear that in your story, right? I, there, there's enough evidence in your life and in the past mm-hmm. of where God was at work. Mm-hmm. But in that week, that weekend experience, right? We all, like many of our listeners, we're going to go through really difficult things and we're going to need space for our heart to catch up. Mm-hmm to what we know to be true yeah. about who our, who our God is. Yeah. 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 Um, that morning when I shared with staff what had happened, um, so Nathan, one of our staff members, uh, started reading just Psalm 1. And every day, you know, in the morning time, we'd read the next Psalm, next Psalm, next Psalm. So on that day, uh, he read Psalm 12. Um, I'll hang on to reading it. Which, uh, which we read again um, when I informed the staff. Because uh, I, I wasn't there in the morning. I had a meeting. I had to you know, put on the brave face and, and carry on uh, you know, the responsibilities that I had that yeah, day. Yeah. So it wasn't until the afternoon that I told the staff that, that this wasn't to be. Um, so we read this psalm that was read this morning. And uh, when we're still pursuing the building, we're not getting any co- uh, communication from the Muslim Association, right? Uh, in terms of yes or no or, or anything of that nature. Um, I decided to walk around the building, yeah, once in the morning, and I would do that for seven days. On the seventh day, we'd walk around it seven times. Now, I didn't want the building to fall down, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. But as a way of, of saying, okay, here yeah. we go. This was an act of faith, like the Israelites in, yes. Je- in the story of Jericho. Bingo! That's yeah. exactly what it was. So I did it quietly at first, like you know, who's this crazy guy walking around the building? What is he doing, <laughs> right? Uh, and then eventually I told my staff, and I'm like, you have to tell people on the seventh day, we all need to get out there and, and walk around seven times in prayer. So we did that, right? Um, and then Aaron, one of our staff members, uh, felt compelled to read a psalm after we were done, and then we concluded in prayer. Right. That psalm was Psalm 12, mm-hmm. right? This was months ago, and now on the day that I tell the staff, we read Psalm 12 again, and it talks about, you know, help, O Lord, for the godly are fast disappearing. The faithful have vanished from the earth. Neighbors lied to each other, speaking with flattering lips and deceitful hearts. May the Lord cut off their flattering lips and silence their boastful tongues. Then we will say, um, we will lie to our hearts content. Our lips are our own who can stop us. But the Lord replies, I've seen the violence and and done to the helpless. And I've heard the groans of the poor. Now I will rise up to rescue them as they have longed for me to do. The Lord's promises are pure, like silver, refined in a furnace, purified seven times over. Therefore, Lord, we know you will protect the oppressed, preserving them forever from this lying generation. And it goes on. Mm. And when they read that Friday, now I will come. 
my heart leapt. Sure, yeah. Right? This, this promise, like, it's not over. There is more to the story. I just need you to trust me as, as your God um, in my way, not mm -hmm. yours. Right? So the story continues, right? Um, we put a halt to everything, right? Because, you know, it costs money to hire engineers and things like that, right? Sure, so, yeah. um, but we still pursue the zoning, uh, which we are still pursuing to this day. It has <laughs> taken um, and probably will take 11 months wow. to get this, this process going. Um, and we try to raise the money. It's like, okay, let's just do a fundraising campaign, see if we can at least buy the building um, before it falls through. Um, and we were able to secure a grant um, combined with the fundraising efforts. We're able to purchase the building um, conditional upon getting the money for the renovations, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So it was later on this summer that uh, they announced the Rapid Housing Initiative version two, the federal government. So now there's a second version. Second round, right? right? Okay. Uh, $1.5 billion on the table nationwide. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and Durham didn't make it the first time into what's called the city's stream where they the city gets or the, the region gets a dedicated amount of funding to allocate to programs right but this time they did so the region was allocated 10.6 million to build 42 units wow of affordable housing and to choose the products or projects they would like to fund so that's pretty cool, right? You already had a relationship with the city? Uh, with, with the region, yeah. Uh, in fact, region, we sorry. submitted our yep. proposal with the region uh, the first time around, so they knew what we were doing. Um, you know, there's, there's favor toward it. Um, it doesn't mean it's guaranteed. Right. Because um, we still have a zoning issue that needs to be resolved. Um, and then in addition to that, um, they loosened a little bit of it uh, in terms of what you can fund. Because previously, you could only fund the activities of the apartment building and we would need to fundraise for the refuge portion of the building but now they've said um, you know any buildings activities hallways uh, counseling rooms or any support services that the residents could use all fall under the portfolio hmm. it's like oh well, that's wow. great all right <laughs> so we have that uh, moving forward um, which you didn't have the first time which we didn't have the first time and the zoning process has taken way longer that we would not be able to meet the requirements of the first program hmm. um, because it's a 12-month turnaround time to first occupancy so we hang in the balance now mm -hmm. right story's not done yeah can I honestly say God it's your will I hope so <laughs> I would be lying if I said, you know, would I be shattered if we didn't get it? Uh, yeah, well, I probably would be again, right? And, and hopefully I don't have to learn this lesson twice. Yeah. Um, but because it, it's not for us, it's, it's for the incredible need of, of our youth who, who sit out in the window right now, like outside of my office, who, who have no place to go. This is not for the refuge. Yeah. This is for, for justice for them, right? Mm -hmm. This is for God's glory, for his purposes. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. So the second application is still pending. Yes. So that was submitted the 31st of August. Right. Uh, decisions could take as long as December 1st. And um, we are hoping to push a deadline for zoning um, to the Development Services Committee of Oshawa for their meeting on the 8th of November. Right. With okay. it going to Regional Council by the 22nd of November. Hmm. 
And I have a feeling that if it is not dealt with by then, that the project will not be funded because it will not meet the timelines. Right. Wow. So there we are. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of pressure. Um. Yeah, I guess maybe, but learning from you know earlier this year, um, this is God's. Mm-hmm. Is not mine. Right. I'll I'll move forward. I'll try to make things happen. I'll push. But at the end of the day, yeah, this belongs to Him. Mm-hmm. And if it's not to be, it's not to be. People who are listening to this podcast are probably not um, as aware of how God works in the midst of these really difficult situations as maybe you and I are, because unfortunately we've had to go through some difficult things, mm-hmm. and there. Those difficult things help shape us, not only character-wise, but spiritually. When you think back over your, um, well, and you can bring in other situations too, not not the details, certainly, but it, 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 with this conversation, we don't have time for that. But when you think about how God has prepared you for this incident, hmm. what would you tell someone who's listening to say, hey, you know what? This is what God did in me or might be doing in you or might do in the future that would prepare you for something like this? Martin, I'm not sure I have an answer for that. Um, I mean, we all have a faith a journey, right? Yeah. Um, and it's critical to to get to know God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, through, you know, clearly his word, but also through the experience of others. Um, and, and, and through however he speaks to you. Like, yeah. there's a journey in, in, and I've learned that God does not speak to people the same. Right, yeah. Right? And he speaks to each one of us differently. And there's been a few times in my life where I start to recognize um, how God chooses to reveal his will uh, in my life. Right? And for other people, you know, they get these fantastic dreams and this and that. And like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that'd be so cool. I just don't get it. Right? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. Or I, I know someone else who God had an audible voice in mm-hmm. his life. Right? Yeah. It's like, that would be thank you I, I could appreciate that but it mm-hmm. has never happened um, it's it's always that that heart leaping right when when I hear that that verse that says now I will come and, and there's this leaping in my heart that's happened a couple times um, or this repetition of scripture over and right. over yep. and over again where I finally it's like a baseball bat to the head and I realize oh you're trying to tell me something mm-hmm. right and, and that's how how in my history, God has chosen to, to reveal his will to me. Well, I think you answered the question great. Oh, well, uh, so <laughs> Great. I mean, for, for myself, when I hear your story, I, I, I'm reminded of the, the need and the necessity to stay close to God in my mm-hmm. daily walk, mm-hmm. um, because when I'm close to him, I hear him clearer, clearer yeah. than I did before, and I hear that in your story. I also hear about how uniquely God has made me different than you and each person is different and so the way God speaks to us is different but there are some commonalities in how he does Mm. that Um, and so we can learn from each other in that journey too Um, well Clarence thank you for sharing the story is there anything left that you'd like to share about where this journey is going Uh, just stay tuned yeah (laughs) right right we had a chance to uh, do this interview in your office. If you've been listening, the background has been the voices of some of the kids who are here, the young adults who are here in the room. 
Uh, we're sitting behind a glass wall, but there is still that uh, audible uh, conversation going on with all the people here. T- and mm-hmm. uh, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to come here to your space and, yeah, well, and have this conversation. It's, it's great to have you and, and everyone who listens, in a sense, uh, you know, just hang out with the refuge for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the noise is good. Laughter is great. <laughs> Well, thanks for being here. For those of you who are listening, this is the Intersection Podcast. We'd love for you to join us again as we take uh, time to interview people who've had a chance maybe to think back and look back at those intersection moments where God was at work or we let him in. And sometimes faith and life meet, merge, and oftentimes collide. Uh, we get a chance to look at these stories and hear from uh, people about how God has been at work in their life. Thanks again, Clarence. Blessings on uh, you and the work that's here. And certainly we'll be praying for November 8, 18. Uh, 8 and 22. 8 and but 22. It has to yeah. happen the 8th. So yes, the 8th. All right. We'll be praying for that for that day. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you again next time.